And this, I want to go back into that song. And if we can slow it down just a hair. You know, Abba, the root word for Abba also means resource. I'm sorry, source. The root word there is source. And Jesus is the resource from the source. So that's why when you're saying Abba Father, you're saying the source, the Father. He who is the source. He is the source and he is here for you. What do you need? Because the source is here. Abba. Source. Your father is the source. That's why Jesus said, why do you worry? Why do you worry? See, because Jesus knew the source. This morning, whatever your whatever has been hard or heavy on your heart, whatever's been heavy on your mind this morning, right now we're going to just declare that Abba, the source, our Father, right now is going to take it all away. He's going to take care of it. Come to me, all who are weary. Come on, let's take his yoke this morning. Abba, Father, Daddy, our source. Right now, God, we choose to put our own wills aside. God, right now, we align ourselves with you. God, we take ourselves out of it. We want you, God, right now to be responsible for us. God, this morning, we give you back our, our, uh, the responsibility of our lives. We give it back to you this morning. God, we give it back to you this morning. Have your will. Have your way in our lives. You are our provider. You are our Father. And we love you, Father. We love you this morning. Take care of me, I'm a father, protect me, I'm a father.
thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your mercy, Lord. When you were on that mercy seat way back, when you walked with the Israelites, your presence was there in that mercy seat. That was a foreshadowing of what was to come. And Jesus is our mercy. Now we can come to him. We don't have to go behind the veil. The veil is torn. We go directly into the throne room. And we thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for that, Lord. Lord, I give to you my heart for you to restore. And I give to you my pain for you to change to joy. Now I trust you with the thing that I protected all my life, my heart. Oh, yeah. My heart. Giving your heart today, Get your 
for thinking of us way, way before, way before we even knew you. Yes, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for taking our weight, oh God. Freeing us in the mighty God. I'm so thankful for the revival that's going on across the world, across America. happened in our own family, my own house. Oh, Lord Jesus. First my son Aaron, then my brother B, then my son Asher, and then me. You know, uh, I want to thank you, Aaron. Aaron was there in uh, Mexico. And he would write me, everybody on Facebook. And he'd say, I've been getting up every morning and just praising the Lord and just fellowshipping with the Lord for hours. And I said, man, how have I neglected the Holy Spirit? How have I neglected my father? Aaron, I want to thank you. You spurred me on. Every single morning, up, now I'm up at 4 a.m. just for about an hour and a half, two hours, spending time with the Lord, praising and worshiping, praying for every one of y'all, and getting in his word. How I've neglected him, but not anymore. I want to thank you for spurring me on, Aaron. Thank you, Jesus. And revival has hit my home, and it can hit your home too. Just take some time and invest in him every morning. Go to bed earlier and get up in the morning and spend some time with your father, with Abba. Get away with him into that secret place. Get away with him, away from all the hustle and bustle. He'll meet you and he'll change your life. Yeah, beautiful. How I've neglected him, but not anymore. Away.
Jesus. God, with everything that is in us, we say this morning, we love you, Jesus. God, I pour my heart out to you this morning. I pour my heart out to you this morning. Oh, I pour our, we pour our hearts out as a living sacrifice, as a living offering. Oh, we worship you this morning. We worship you. Oh, we live to serve you, to worship you, to love you and be loved by you. Oh, we are made in your image. We love you, Jesus. Oh, God, my heart can't stop saying that you are worthy. Oh, you're so worthy, God. How many times you've rescued us, God. We are so grateful. Oh, we live to worship you, God. We live to worship you, God. God, would you hear your people this morning? Would you accept our worship as a fragrant offering, as something just smells amazing to you? Oh, God, would you hear us from the throne room, God, right now? Mm, Jesus, pour out your spirit, God. Pour out your spirit, God. Oh, we worship you. Oh, my soul sings, God. My soul worships you, King of kings, Lord of lords. Oh, I won't let the rocks out worship me, Lord. I worship you. I am not ashamed. Oh, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed to jump up here, Lord. You are worthy. You are worthy, Jesus. Oh, you are worthy, Jesus.
kids can come up here K through fifth we want to just pray for you as you get ready to go to your classes <laughs> there you go kiddos come on come on there we go let's get all the kids K through fifth up here real quick before we uh, before we dismiss yes amen if the rest of the church is just kind of Stretch out their hands as we get ready to uh, release these little ones to their classes. God, we thank you for these little kids. We thank you that they are the next generation. We thank you that they are the now generation. We thank you that you can use them now, God. That they are powerful warriors for the kingdom of light. That they are powerful warriors for the kingdom of God. I thank you for them, God. Jesus, you said, let the little ones come to me. Lord, here they are. We present them to you. And we ask that you would teach them, God, that you would guide them in all truth. As they get ready to go to their classes with Miss, Miss Dana, God, that you would bless them, God. That you would teach them this morning. Lord, we release them and we bless them in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen, amen, and amen. Come on. Yes. We bless you. At this time, we're going to take a 10-minute break. If you'd like to go get some coffee, go to the restroom, or just say hi to someone you haven't seen in a while, I encourage you to do that. We love you. We'll be right back. For me and my house, we're going to serve you. For me and my house, you'll get the praise. For me and my house, we're going to love you always. For me.
Singing this over your families tonight. I speak to the enemy. You can't have my family because we belong to the Lord. With heaven's authority, we take back our destiny because we belong. Come on, sing it again. Hey!
to the gathering place. Wow, it is bright up here. Um, wow. We have to stand up here because we've got feedback when we stand down there right now. So here we go. If you are a first-time visitor, we would love for you to fill out a Connect card. Or if you need to update us with some information, that would be great. But we are so glad you're here. We're glad that those are with us online. Pastor DJ and Julie, we're so glad you're visiting with us today online. Can't wait to see you next week in person. All right, so the um, Connect card is out at Connection Point if you need to fill one out, or you can, I feel like I'm getting feedback there, or, you, no, okay, or you can scan that, apparently not, scan that QR code right there and fill it out electronically for us, and we will get it. That way we can just send you a letter and send, have a phone call. Step back a little bit. Okay, thank you. All right, here we go. We'll give you a phone call and see if you have any questions and just let you know that we are so glad you came to visit us today. Also, if you don't know, we have an app that you can download. There's another QR code you can scan and you can keep up with everything that's going on in the church. One thing that goes on every Sunday at nine o'clock over the Annex building are our kingdom classes. And I heard that this morning was awesome. Yes, Miss Ginger taught on spiritual discipline and heard it was incredible. It's a great place to have discussion, ask questions. We are going to start our April classes next Sunday, and we have got some good ones. So next Sunday is Sunny teaching the third class on setting goals. And this is on assess and adapt. And so if you've been to one or both of her other classes, you do not want to miss that. It's good. Also, look, we got Love and Marriage with Jim and Karen. Yes. All about children with the Purdue's. Uh, Dream Interpretation with Kevin and Crystal. And then a class on Jeremiah 2911 with Ron Trahan. So we got a good month coming up. So you need to register for those only if you need child care. But if you do need child care, we need you to register by noon on Friday, if you can. Okay, let's see what is else. What else? We have two deadlines tomorrow. Men, if you are interested in going to the Men on Fire conference, it's April 27th through 29th. Tomorrow is the deadline to register. So you need to do that. Uh, DJ and Pastor Bo will be speaking there, so it'll be good. And then ladies, we're going to have a craft night on Friday night, the 14th, yes, and I haven't registered yet, I keep forgetting, so tomorrow noon is the deadline for that, and if you don't want to register and pay online, you can give your money, check or cash to Ginger or me, and we'll be sure that you get registered, we've got to order the supplies, which is why the deadline is tomorrow. Okay, so this week we've got Monday night prayer, and our usual Wednesday night classes for kids and youth. Next Sunday is Baptism Sunday. So if that is your next step, those are fun Sundays here. Whoops. If that is your next step, then we need you to register online or on the app and let us know so that we're prepared, so that you have a T-shirt ready for you. Um, and then on April 16th, need to let you know that that is the day we'll be having, we've taken our Heart for the House offering. This is something we do annually so that we can do some major projects here in this house. Last year we worked on the roof and some other items. And next week DJ will have a list for us 
saying what we're going to be focusing on this year. So be praying about what you and your family want to give to that, and that is April 16th. And I think that's it, and here's Kevin. That's right. Uh, one little thing to add. I know one of our main things for Heart for the House this year is going to be our flooring. Uh, I know we really, really want to upgrade the flooring. I think this uh, carpet's been around for 20 years. Um, seriously, uh, it's about probably close to 20 years. Uh, and I know that we've spent money to try to keep it up, like uh, Scotch guarded it or whatever it's called. Uh, we've done that like twice, and it's pretty expensive every time we do it. Uh, so we would really like to, for you guys to just be praying about that uh, and just allow the Holy Spirit to lead you in that giving. But uh, Pastor DJ will have us a list next week for, uh, for us to have. I know there's people that like lists, you know, like my wife. She's a planner. She likes lists. Uh, and so that's going to be awesome as well. So um, go ahead. Uh, last minute addition. He asked me to pray. So we'll pray. Let's pray over the message. Or Pastor Kevin, after the message, not only everybody that's here, I see you stand by here, and, and even those that are listening online, not even right now, but maybe in the future, we don't know who that is. We're just going to pray right now over this message. Stretch your hands right now towards Pastor Kevin. Lord, your message, your message comes forth today. Holy God, you know who's hearing now. You know who may hear potentially in the future. Jesus, Jesus, right now, we just pray your message. Holy God. Holy God, inspire, inspire that message, refine it as he speaks. And we pray over the congregation, we pray over those listening on right. Jesus, come on. Ears to hear, seeds planted. You right now, as you're watching, as you're listening, if you're watching online, God, speak to me. This is powerful when you pray this prayer. Lord, speak to me. That draws out the word even more. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jeff. That's awesome. Hey, you can lower this mic just a little bit, um, Amber, just because I, uh, I get loud, if y'all didn't know that yet. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's why during worship, like, I just put away my mic and I start screaming, you know, and somebody's like, who's that crazy person, you know, but that's, that's me, um, you know, I am willing to look like a fool for Jesus. Um, you know, because I used to be a fool in, in the world and I was actually a fool. I was crazy and doing all sorts of bad things and things I shouldn't have been doing and, and God saved me. So I'm willing to look like a fool, um, in order to worship my King, no matter what. Amen. Hey, listen, I'm excited. I don't know what just happened to this chair, but okay. It's so funny. I should have listened to my wife. She was like, you don't need a chair, baby. You're not going to use it. You're going to be walking back and forth, and she's right. So, <laughs> so hey, listen, I, I am excited this morning. Uh, I get to bring the word, and it is a word that has been in my heart and in my spirit for a while. And I've been praying and praying and praying and asking God, you know, Father, when do you want me to bring this? When do you want me to bring this? And so I just happened to land on, on this day. So I am excited uh, for, for this. So um, real quick, if, if you don't normally take notes, you might want to get something to take notes. Okay, pull out your phone, get your notes, get a notepad. Uh, this morning, it's a little different. Uh, there's going to be a lot of information this morning, and I'm, I'm really excited about that. I normally... <laughs> I normally have a lot of information and word, right? But this morning is just, uh, it's abundant. Let's just put it that way. Uh, so this morning I'm talking about the kingdom of God. So if you're taking notes, write this down. The kingdom 
of God. And so one of the big things I've been talking about with my students and even my own little kids, I've been asking them, uh, what is the kingdom of God? I'll say, what is the kingdom of God? And they'll say something like, um, heaven. I'm like, okay, okay, good, good, you know, and, and uh, what is the, uh, Jesus? Okay, good, 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 you know, and so it's so interesting that when you ask a believer what the kingdom of God is, normally they're not really sure. They normally say heaven. They normally say heaven, and heaven is definitely a part of the kingdom of God. Okay, but the kingdom of God, and if you're writing this down, the kingdom of God is government. Say what now? Yeah, government. The kingdom of God is God's government. It's kingdom government. Okay, it's not just in heaven. It's here too, right now. Why? Because Jesus said, you know, so this is what Jesus said. He said, the kingdom of God is near you, right? Why? Because it was in Jesus. He is the kingdom of God. He is, okay, let me calm down, man. I'm getting excited, all right? Let me, let me slow down. I'm going to break this down to you. The word is logos. You ever heard of that? Logos is the expressed idea of the father, okay? And so kingdom, the kingdom or God's idea of government was near them. So he said, the kingdom of God is near you, but once I go, it will be where? In you. Because wherever Jesus is in, there the kingdom is in. So, and I don't know about you, but I've accepted Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. And because of that, Jesus lives in me. And because of that, the kingdom of God is now in me. And now I have become an ambassador for the government of God. So I just love that. I love when I start asking people, what is the kingdom? And uh, <laughs> this morning, my daughter heard, overheard me. So she was like, I said, uh, what is, I was talking to a couple of brother, a brother and a sister. And then, and uh, I was asking them what the kingdom of God was. And then Anissa, my middle, my middle kid was like, it's a government. And I'm like, oh, you cheated. You know, she heard me. Uh, <laughs> so let's turn to Matthew 417. Come on, Holy Spirit. I said, you helped me this morning. Uh, deliver what you want me to deliver, Jesus. Come on. All right. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. From the time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of God is near. Why was it near? Because he was near to them. Because Jesus had already entered their realm, their sphere, their city, right? So that's why the kingdom of God was near. Because Jesus was near. Uh, I want to point this out too, because I think it's very important when we talk about the kingdom of God. I think a lot of times people, even myself included, we talk a lot about Jesus. We talk a lot about his life. We talk a lot about um, maybe even some principles, you know. But not a lot of people preach what Jesus was preaching. Not that it was, not that, you know, these things aren't good. There's a lot of good stuff in the Bible. I love it. I believe that the Bible is infallible. I believe that the Bible is the word of God. I believe in John 1, 1, where it says, in the beginning was the word or logos, the expressed idea. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word what was God, right? I believe in this word. Uh, and so that, so don't hear what I'm not saying. What I'm trying to tell you this morning, 
Okay, what I'm trying to tell you this morning, I forgot. Um, all right, sorry, I, I totally blanked. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see here. Okay, yeah, that's right. So what I'm trying to tell you this morning is that Jesus came and he preached. What did he preach? Kingdom. He didn't preach how to get healed. He didn't preach on, I'm going to show you how to prophesy. Again, all those things are good. Okay, all those things are good. But what did he preach? He preached kingdom. Did healings result from that preaching? Absolutely, because guess what? In the kingdom of God, there's no sickness. So, of course, healing would be a result of preaching kingdom. Of course, demons would shriek and run because that is a result of preaching kingdom, the government of God. What is the government of God? The government of God is God's will. Do you understand that? See, so many people don't understand a kingdom because we don't live in one. Right? We live in a republic. I know some of y'all thought I was going to say democracy, right? No, we live in a republic. All right? Ah, yeah. We live in a republic. So guess what? You don't vote in the kingdom of God. Well, God, I just feel like, you know, I just feel like it should be that not. He loves you, but this is not a house of representatives. There, there ain't no voting. In a kingdom, the king is everything. The kingdom, in the kingdom, the king makes the laws. In the kingdom, the king takes care of the people. In the kingdom, the king owns the land. <laughs> there's, there is no, let's vote, you know? What do you think about Jesus? Do you think we should, like, there's none of that. And why is that important to you? Because that is awesome, and that should make you want to thank God because that means Jesus doesn't have to ask anybody in order to bless you. Because in you is the kingdom of God. And when there is the king or kingdom or government, there's only one ruler, and that is Jesus. That's it. Jesus doesn't have to ask Pastor Kevin in order to bless you. There's no voting. There's not a majority. There's none of that. Jesus says, I want to bless my, I want to bless my brother in Christ. I want to bless him. And it's done. Right? And so, uh, one of the things that I've struggled with and have been kind of on this journey is understanding that Christianity is not a religion. Now, it's been turned into a religion, right? So, like, when you go and let's say you are filling out, you know, something online for, you know, you're going to the doctors and it says, what is your religious affiliation, right? Y'all seen that? Let's be honest. Most, most of us are going to check Christian Right, Christianity, check. For anybody that's been in the military, you know, on our dog tags, you know, these little metal things we had, kind of had like our blood type and stuff like that. But it also had religious affiliation. I mean, it would say Christian. Mine said non-denominational. But, um, but it still said Christian, right? Because we have, and here we've made Christianity a religion. It's, you know, and so why is that wrong? Uh, don't get me, don't, again, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that Christianity is wrong. I'm saying that it's not right. <laughs> so you're like, wait a minute, what do you mean? What do you mean? 
What do you mean? What are you saying, Pastor Kevin? This is what I'm telling you. Christianity is not a religion. Jesus came to earth to bring you government, the government of God, which is called the kingdom of God. Okay? He came to bring government. I don't believe you, Pastor Kevin. I'm glad you said that. Um, I'm just kidding. All right, here we go. Uh, let's, let's look it up here in the Bible. Uh, let's see here. I know I have it down here. Uh, let's go to... Tell you what, let's, let's take it to before Jesus was even born. Let's take it to there, all right? Let's say, let's look at the Father's idea of what Jesus was supposed to accomplish, okay? So let's go to Isaiah 9, 6. It says, for to us a child shall be born, to us a, a son shall be given, and the what? The government. Is that what this one says as well? Yep. And the government, it doesn't say the religion. It doesn't say the traditions. It doesn't say that one day there'll be a religion that's called Christianity and Jesus is bringing that to earth. What does it say? It says the government. What was Jesus preaching? The government, which is the kingdom. Why do you think Jesus preached kingdom? Because his father had already foretold it. The father said on his shoulders, there will be the government. If you didn't know, just a quick fact back then, the kings in a kingdom, they would wear a sash, a sash. And there was this, this uh, identification of authority on their shoulder. Okay. When they put it on, it meant government was in session. You see what I'm saying? And so that's why it says the government will be on his shoulders. Matter of fact, for a long time, the police and I know the, the military still wore their rank on their shoulders right here. Because that's what, that was a place of authority. They would put it on their shoulder. Okay. Uh, now we don't do that. They put it like right here in the middle and they do all sorts of things now. But uh, they, so the rank, okay, the, the, the show of government, they would wear a sash and there would be a, a crescent right here on their shoulder. So Isaiah 9, 6 says, For to us a child shall be born, to us a son shall be given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Why? Because Jesus is everything. He's everything. There's no, you know, chambers of, comp there's nothing. He's everything. That's why it says he will be called everything. There's no lack in Jesus. He's everything. The Father gave him to us to bring the government so that we would not lack. The issue is that we don't understand the government. We do not understand the kingdom of God. I'm including myself in that, right? Like I'm constantly getting my mind blown, right? I'm, I'm constantly checking my theology, well, Pastor Kevin, I don't understand what you mean. What I mean is this. Ideas are very, very powerful. Uh, and I encourage you guys uh, to look at 
uh, if you want to, if you want to read this book, it's called God's Big Idea by Dr. Miles Monroe. Uh, you're going to see a lot of uh, this teaching there and way more robust. Um, but it's just amazing that ideas are so important. They're so important because here, I wrote it down. I think uh, Dr. Miles Monroe says it's better. Let me, let me um, just read it to you guys. Uh, let's see here. Let me find it in a minute. Um, uh, okay, here we go. All right, here we go. So, I, ideas produce your ideology, uh, ideology. Your ideology produces your theology, and your theology produces your philosophy, and your philosophy produces your philosophy produces your psychology, which just means that's the way you think. Okay, and so. Oh, okay, Pastor Kevin, like that was a whole, you know, that was a lot. You know, what does that mean, right? That's awesome that that book says that. Uh, but what does the Bible said? I'm glad you asked. Proverbs 23, 7, what does it say? Where are my Bible scholars at, right? What does it say? It says, as a man thinketh, so is he. Because as a man thinks the ideas that he has about his father, Make him act a certain way. If you had an abusive father and you think your father would just smack you upside the face because you did something wrong because you dropped the fork at the table, then guess what? When you're praying, you think the same thing. Your ideas affect your relationship with the father. You think God wants to squish you. Oh, I sinned. I failed. Oh, I'm getting squished. That's why your ideas are so powerful and they help produce your theology. They produce the way you think about the father. That's why ideas are so powerful and you have to be careful to not have a misconception. What is a misconception? A misconception is an idea that you've taken as true, but that's not true. Right? Like I have to, um, I have to pray at 6 a.m. and then at 12 and I'm going to fast and I have to fast from this time to this time. I'm not, hey, listen, don't hear what I'm not saying. Prayers, you need it. Fasting, you need it. Reading your word, you need it. It's good. Except when you're doing it out of religious duty. Except when you're just trying to check a box. That's where it's not good. It, it may produce some sort of discipline in your life. But the misconception a lot of times, listen to this, the misconception is if I pray certain times a day and I fast certain times a day and I read my Bible certain times a day, God loves me more. See, that's the misconception. That's not true. Are all those things good? Absolutely. They're vital for a Christian to read your Bible, to pray, to fast. Vital. But will God love you more? No. That's the misconception. God's not going to love you more. He loves you so much already. It's not possible for God to love you more because he already loves you that much. You understand what I'm telling you? All right, here we go. So what is a religion then? And what's the problem with Christians being religious? What is the problem? So... If you didn't know, Christianity is in the top four, okay? It's called the top four 
uh, religions in the world. Uh, there's, there's only four uh, top. They make up like almost, I want to say almost 90% of the global uh, population, okay? There's like, I don't know, uh, there's thousands. Just so you know, there's thousands of religions, but four make up about 90%, which is Christianity, Hinduism, uh, Buddhism, and um, Muslims. So um, those four, those are the big four, okay? So, but why is that a problem for us to be religious, well, I'm going to tell you the problem. The problem with being religious is that you're competing. And if you look up religion in uh, let's Wikipedia, right, let's go or Google. Google it. What is religion? As you're reading down, you're going to find a little word that says sex, S-E-C-T-S. There's different sects of a religion. See, because religion produces strife, competition, we want to be the number one uh, religion in the world. You know, ah, oh my God, hurry up before the, you know, Jehovah Witnesses goes to his house. Uh, I'm just kidding, you know. Half of us wouldn't even walk around our own neighborhood. <laughs> sorry, you know, I kind of, sorry, I, those are some shots. I apologize. Uh, no, not really. I don't apologize. It's the truth. It's the truth. That's why I always tell my kids every time a Jehovah Witness comes to my house, I treat them amazing. I honor them. They're like, but you're a pastor. I'm like, absolutely, but they're walking the streets talking about Jesus, and I won't even walk to my neighbor's house. So I'm not going to treat them badly. I'm going to love on them. I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. Do I think they have some confusion? Yes, I do. But nevertheless, I'm not going to treat them wrong. Why? Because my culture... My culture is kingdom. What does that mean? My, it means that my culture, the way I act, should look like and mirror the culture of heaven, where the Father is. And what is that? Jesus said these two things sum up the entire law. What does he say? He says, love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love. So if my culture isn't love. When a Jehovah Witness comes to my door, then it's religion. Because you're immediately saying, oh, no, no, me, I'm a Christian. Get off my yard. How dare you? Don't you see the cross? Listen, <laughs> they just came to my house like yesterday, I think. And I have the church van there. And they still came and knocked. So I was like, hey, cool. You know, how you doing? Uh, and, of course, they're, you know, Hispanic brothers. So, you know, they talk to me in Spanish and stuff. So it was cool, though. But, um I mean, that takes boldness. I mean, they, I have a church van in my uh, driveway, and they still come and knock and invite me to their Hispanic, you know, um, gathering. So, hey, you know, that, that still takes boldness. And so, but this is what I had to learn the hard way, that every time I used to get mad and offended that a, like a Jehovah Witness or Mormon would come to my door, it was because I was being religious, I was being religious. Paul was not a Christian. Let me say it again. Saul of Tarsus was not a Christian. He was a Jew. Persecuting Christians. Man, I love his story too. I absolutely love his story. And the, <laughs> it's so funny because the, the um, Ananias, is that right? Uh, Brandon Ananias, the one who prays for his eyes. Um, but it's just so funny because 
the first thing he says is, Lord, I mean, but why? Why should I go pray for this guy? He's a, you know, do you not know? I mean, do, he's talking to God, right? Do you not know that he, he's persecuting the Christians? What is Jesus saying? What does the Lord say? Go, because I have chosen him to declare my name to the world. And he will, and check this out, and he will know what it is to suffer for my name. It wasn't just go, I'm going to make him famous. He will learn how to suffer for my name. For my name's sake, he will learn what it is to suffer. If you know the story of Paul, you know he got beaten, thrown out of uh, towns, almost half dead, a couple of times, shipwrecked, you know, bitten by a snake. <laughs> the villagers are like, oh, my God, he's going to die. He didn't die. Oh, my God, he's a god now. Um, sorry, I know. I, I read my Bible. I encourage you to read yours. Uh, but so what is the problem with religion? Like I said, religion makes you competitive and in the wrong way. It makes you competitive. Oh, what type of Christian are you? Well, I'm a Baptist. <laughs> What's wrong with that? He's a Baptist. Praise God. How you doing, my brother? May God bless you. Oh, you're a Southern Baptist. May God bless you. You're a Catholic. How you doing, my brother? God bless you. Kingdom. Religion. Oh, I'm a Catholic. Well, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. A Mormon. Well, this is wrong. This is wrong. A Jehovah Witness. Well, this is wrong. This is wrong. Uh, a Baptist. Well, this is wrong. This is wrong. Well, a Southern Baptist. Oh, this is a uh, Pentecostal. Well, this is wrong. This is wrong. And we immediately go to judging because religion teaches you how to judge. There's this song that... Um, a rapper had, I can't remember, I think it was Lecrae, but, or it may, it may have been somebody else, but in the song he says he never knew how to judge until he went to church. And the church showed him how to judge. Because religion produces Pharisees. Brother Jason from Florida calls it the Pharisee mindset. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jack this from him. Sorry, um, I'm going to steal this from him. It's called the, <laughs> the Pharisee mindset. What does that mean? Religion will teach you how to judge, teach you to be competitive, and it will teach you that I'm better than you because I do this, this, and this. And Jesus showed you that picture when he was speaking about the two men who went to pray at the temple. You remember that? I hope y'all been reading your Bibles. He goes, Jesus is talking about this, the, the temple and there's a taxpayer and there's a Pharisee and the Pharisee says, I thank you that I'm not like this, you know, uh, evil person. I thank you that I give my tithe and I, you know, I give a 10th of my myrrh and I give a 10th of this and that. And I thank you that I'm not like this tax collector. Religion. I thank you that I do everything right and I'm not like that guy right there on drugs, strung out and homeless. Thank you. And it says that the taxpayer didn't even look up to heaven. It says he beat his chest and he said, Lord, forgive me. And Jesus said, who do you think left forgiven? Who do you think left whole? He said, the tax collector, not the Pharisee. Because in the kingdom of God that Jesus came back to give to us, 
in the kingdom of God where Jesus has come back and has given it back to us. We need to be kingdom-minded, not religious. And I thank God for our church family here because I feel like we do a really good job at that. You know, I really do. I believe that we do a really great job of loving people and not being religious. And it's so easy to slip right back into religion if you allow yourself to. You know, we start doing things out of traditions, out of religion, right? Instead of doing it for the Father because he's asking us to do it. So a religious person is affirmed by the religious acts they produce or perform, whereas a kingdom-minded person is affirmed by the Father through Jesus and the Holy Spirit. It means that Pastor Kevin doesn't need your affirmation because I'm not religious. My affirmation comes from the Father. Is it appreciated? Absolutely, you know, that's my love language. Words of affirmation, you know. Uh, I love when my wife's like, you know, you look good or whatever. I'm like, hey, yeah, let's go, you know. Uh, that's my love language, so that's okay. But I don't need it because my affirmation comes from the Father. That's why Jesus said, you Pharisees, you pray loud and elegant prayers. Oh, this and oh, you know. Why? To get their affirmation from the crowd. Because religion teaches you that you're pretty much hooked or addicted to the affirmation that comes from your fans. Religion produces fans, fanatics, sex, crazy people that are, yeah, you know, which Christianity was referred to as for a while until Antioch. And in Antioch, they said, those are Christians. In the book of Acts, it says that they were first called Christians in where Antioch? Why? Because they were looked like Christ. Why were they called Christians? Because they looked like Christ. Christian means little Christ or as Christ, little Christ. Not that you're little in stature, but that you looked like Jesus. That's what Christianity meant. That's what it meant to be called a Christian. It meant you look like Jesus. So every time they called each other Christian, see, check this out. A lot of times, right? Hey, are you a Christian? We immediately think, are they the same religion as us? But see, in the book of Acts, when they said, are you a Christian? They meant, are you like Jesus? Amen, I am. Hey, me too. I'm like Jesus too. Renew your mind. <laughs> it's crazy because when you start to renew your mind, you start to understand, whoa, I had a lot of misconceptions, I had a lot of misconceptions of what Christianity was, you know, that, you know, or sometimes me, myself, I'm like, man, I was really religious. There's been times in my life where I've been very religious as well. You know, there was times where I felt like I had to fast, right? We would do like a 21 day prayer and fasting and then I would fast and, oh, you know, and I'm, oh, I'm hurting and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and there was times where I literally passed out like twice um, my wife can tell you went into motion and I would, you know, fast or I wouldn't eat and, and my sugar would drop and I would pass out. And, and because I felt the need to have to do something a certain way, not because the father was asking me to, but because it was my religious duty to do it. And just so you know, I'm not against fasting. I've been fasting since the beginning of the year. You can ask my wife. 
Not because I want to, it's just because God asked me to. And guess what? I haven't got sick not once. I feel great. Because I'm, I'm only doing what the Father's asking me to fast. I'm only fasting that. And I feel great. I can't lie to you. I, I crave a Coca-Cola every time I see it, but, <laughs> but it also reminds me of my father and he's asking me to do something and I want to be obedient to him, not be out of a religious duty, but because I want to be obedient to him. He asked me to do it. And so I'm taking my mindset and, and changing it. I will only fast if my father asks me to fast because I believe the Holy Spirit will speak to you. I believe if father wants you to fast, he will tell you. I want you to fast football, watching football for a certain amount of time, right? I, I want you to fast certain kinds of drinks for a certain amount of time. I want you to fast social media for a certain amount. Oh, my God, half people would die. Like, oh, God, not social media, anything else, anything else. So then what is a kingdom? Right? We talked about religion and what it produces. What is kingdom? Right? So sometimes it's better to talk about what it's not. Okay? The kingdom of God is not a democracy. The kingdom of God is not a republic. The kingdom of God is not even a dictatorship. You know, dictatorships are all about themselves and they exploit their people to better themselves. That's not what a king does. See, a king is all about his people, he loves them. He provides for them. He builds the roads. He builds the school. He gets them to get the food ready and, and, he, and he gets the land tilled because he's providing for them. So a kingdom we know is not a, you know, democracy and there's nothing wrong with democracy. I think democracy is awesome. I was telling my brother back there, Stefan, uh, this morning that, you know, talking about ideas, you know how I was talking about ideas, um, uh, uh, brother Miles was talking about it and I was looking it up uh, that, you know, Plato and Socrates, they made up a democracy, right? <laughs> and then like right after that, they say, well, it's not going to really work though. Like democracy doesn't really work. So I thought that was funny. Um, not that democracy is not good, you know, or a republic is not good, but it is also an admit, like it's mankind admitting that we don't trust ourselves, why? Because there's checks and balances. Like that's the whole republic. Checks and balances. Why? Because we can't trust ourselves. We can't trust a person in power, right? And so, uh, have you noticed that the human race has always been pushed to uh, government, politics, all over the news, right? Politics, government. Why? It's because we believe if there's a better government, we will have a better life. Right? We believe with better government comes a better lifestyle. You know, and so that's why so many people, they go above and beyond, they give, you know, they send their, their checks in or they send their uh, ballots in, they go to vote, they take time off of work, they do whatever they can to vote. Yeah, and, and nothing's wrong with that. But what I'm telling you is deep down inside of every single human being, we desire government. Because God ordained it that way. Pastor Kevin, what are you talking about? Let's go to Genesis. Start in the beginning. Genesis 1. You can go ahead and put it up there. Uh, I believe it's 26 or 23. Let's see here. 26. 
And it says this. Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all creatures that move along the ground. Okay. Uh, let me read it out of the, let me see here. I think it's the New King James Version. Um, let's see. Is it up there in King James, in the New King James Version or no? Yeah. It is? Okay. So it says this, then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, let them have, what? Dominion. Dominion. That means before mankind was born, before they were made, God said, let them have government. What is dominion? It's government. It's to rule over. But it's not in the negative context. I know, check this out. I, even, I, I, I outdid myself this time. I pulled out a Hebrew word, you know. Uh, <laughs> I never pull out a Hebrew word, but, but I did. And because um, I was fascinated, so I started looking it up. So that word, dominion, is rada in the Hebrew. Rada, which is different than the Hebrew word kabosh. Kabosh is to rule over with power. I will take this by force. That's kabosh. Rada is to rule with authority, which is what you find here in dominion. This is the word dominion in Genesis 1. God said, give them kingdom that comes forth out of authority. How are you so sure? Well, number one, a lot of the Bible scholars agree, but number two, why would Adam have to it's, you know, just ah, go and fight and it, when God was his king and he just made the garden for him. Why would God say, go and beat up those tigers and those plants? Like, no, he said, go rule out of authority that I've given you. You are made in my image. What does that mean? Kabod. The word there, image, is kabod. What is kabod? Kabod is like the fullness, the glory. He said, check this out. This is what God says about you. In Genesis, he says, I've made you in my glory, in kabod. Y'all ever seen a flower, uh, a, a, um, a rose, but it hasn't bloomed yet, but it's still there. You know, you've seen that little green bud, right? It's in there and it hasn't manifested yet, but it's in there. You know, that's, that's God's kabod. It's in you. Whether you manifest it or not, it's in you. God's image, his glory, it's in you. All you have to do is present it. All you have to do is open, show them who you are. No, that's a, a Black Panther quote. Sorry. Um, I know, I'm sorry. I was so serious. And I, uh, but that word, kingdom, by the way, uh, dominion, that, by the way, that's where dom, the D-O-M, comes from kingdom, dominion, okay? Kingdom, dominion, or to rule, it's that word, rada. And so it means to rule out of authority. See, you've been called to rule on earth out of what? Authority. Authority comes from where? Relationship. <laughs> See, authority and power are two very different things. The Hebrews understood that, and that's why they have two different words for it. They have rada. And kabosh, because kabosh comes from power, to rule through power. 
so that's like King David, when you see to rule, when King David ruled, it's the word kabosh, which means he ruled through power. He subdued them, right? Like he, boom. But in, this, in Genesis 1, 26, the word there is radah, meaning ruling through authority, which is, what, did, what does the Bible say about Jesus? It says, it calls Jesus the new Adam. The new Adam. Even though he was before Adam. Calls him the new Adam. And Jesus came to bring back to earth what we had lost. What did we lose? We lost the government. We lost the ability to be able to rule out of authority, not power, through government. We didn't have it no more. Because the devil had it. Well, Pastor Kevin, how do you know? So in, in order to find that out, you need to go to Matthew. I didn't give you the scripture back there, and maybe I find it, maybe I don't. But it's found in, in uh, Matthew when, when Jesus gets tempted. I think it's Matthew uh, maybe three or four. Um, let's see here. Let's see here. Here we go, here we go. Matthew four. Yay, I was close. Okay. All right, let's look here. All right, Matthew 4. Uh, uh, do not, okay, let's see here. All right, verse 8, chapter 4, verse 8. What does it say? Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and, and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Okay, what does that mean, Pastor Kevin? It means that the devil, Satan, had authority. He had what we had lost because you can only give something if it's yours. And Satan says, I will give you all these kingdoms and all this glory and splendor if you would just bow to me. Why? Because it was his. And Jesus said, get away from me for it is written. Get away from me for it is written. Because Jesus is the word, the logos, the expressed idea of the father. He is the word. It's, uh, <laughs> brother, uh, Dr. Miles is so funny. He has this, this funny phrase. He says, Jesus is God's idea on two legs. He is the expressed word. He is the logos. That's why in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. That's why Jesus said, everything I do, I do because the father. Because his, the idea that his father had, he did. All right. So yeah, the devil took him up to a very high mountain and offered him these things because he had the authority. Jesus came, fulfilled prophecies, died on the cross, and even this ringing a bell, rose on the third day, and he raised up with him and he took the keys and he, and he, he beat the devil. Let's just put it that way. He beat him. He beat him. He took back, and by the way, keys just means authority. He, all he did was he came and he took back authority from Satan and gave it to you. Took authority from Satan and said, I give it back to you. I have now restored 
the government of my father. So wherever you go, my father's government is going with you. So wherever you go, sickness has to flee. Wherever you go, everything has to change. Wherever you go and the kingdom of God is there, everything has to change. The wind, the rain, the atmosphere, everything has to change because the kingdom of God is here. I tell my, uh, my students a lot, it's like an ambassador, right? You ever, you ever seen those, um, those, uh, those embassies, right? What does it say? Even if you're at the embassy in Germany, as soon as you go into the embassy, you're on what? U.S. soil. And they will defend it as such, or they should defend it as such, right? So when you step foot on an embassy, when you step foot on the embassy of the U.S., you are on, you're on the U.S. So you have to obey the government, check this out, of the United States, even if you're in Germany. You have the kingdom of God. And when you step onto the floor, everything else has to come into the government of the kingdom. Every knee shall bow. Because you have the kingdom of God in you. So now when you walk, you're an embassy. You're like a moving embassy. I'm walking. I'm at the McDonald's. Guess what? All of a sudden, peace needs to come into this room. I don't care if it was chaotic. I don't care if they were throwing patties at each other because they were mad. Now you do it. I know, you know, so-and-so didn't come in. I don't care if it's chaotic. As soon as you walk into the McDonald's, peace needs to come. Because the government, the embassy of Jesus Christ just walked into the room. Everything else needs to come into alignment now because the government is there. That's kingdom. That's being kingdom-minded. That's you renewing your mind saying, wait a minute. The kingdom of God lives in me because Jesus lives in me. So that means I need to bring peace and joy into every situation that I find myself in. And all you have to do is align yourself with that idea which produces faith. See, because that's already God's idea for you. Let me say it another way. God's idea for you is that you would rule through authority that comes through relationship. All you have to do is align yourself with that, which we call that faith. All that means is you're believing God's idea about you. God's expressed idea, which is logos. All that means is you are coming into alignment and you're believing that that is true. My father and what he says about me is true. I have the ability to be a beacon of hope, of light, of peace, of love. Whether I feel like it or not, because it's not you. It's what's in you. It's the kingdom. It's the government. The ambassador doesn't have to feel like the ambassador. He doesn't have to feel like the ambassador. I feel like the ambassador today. Let me walk on to the embassy. No, whether he feels like it or not, he's ambassador. Period. He may not feel like it. He may not want to do no work today. He may be tired, but guess what? He's still the ambassador. Doesn't change the fact that he's the ambassador because he carries that authority. 
You are a Christian who's been bought with the blood of Jesus. You have been called to kingdom. You've been called to kingdom. Okay. Um, let, me, let me keep going because I'm kind of, I'm everywhere. All right, here we go. Um, so God's promise to solve earth's problems was not a religion, but a government that is established in you through relationship. Okay? I used to tell people this all the time. Power you can gain. Authority you can only have through relationship. Like, what do you mean by that? Pastor Ken, what do you mean by that? It means, though, although I love all of you, not all of you would get a key to my house. Just saying. I'm just saying I love all of you. <laughs> you know, uh, like Brother Mike, you know, Brother Mike gave me a key to his house in case of an emergency, in case I need it. That's authority. Why? Because we have a relationship. He loves me. I love him. He's my brother in Christ. We hang out sometimes. It's, it's, it's a good time. And because we have that relationship, he gave me this key and the authority to come to his house and open it whenever I, he seems fit or whenever I need to go check on him if he didn't answer for whatever. That's authority. And it comes through relationship. It's a difference between relationship and uh, authority and power. But authority, you can only gain through relationship. Like I said, I love all of you. <laughs> I do. But not all of you have a key to my house. All right? And that is obtained through relationship. You know, and, and I feel like a lot of you, we do have that relationship, but you could probably ask me for the key, but you wouldn't want to take care of Pops. So, uh, sorry. <laughs> I just get it. All right. Um, so, um, kind of moving, <laughs> moving towards closing up, right? What is God's big idea for you? What is God's big idea for you? God's big idea is that you would start to colonize earth. How do you colonize a country? I'm glad you asked. The way you colonize a country is by coming into that country and imposing your culture. You share the culture. You teach them your language. You show them your music. You show them your literature. You tell them this is the culture, this is what we do, this is what we don't do. There's this thing called jail. If you do this, you go to jail. What? Yep, I know, it's crazy, but that's what it is now. That's the culture. Here at the gathering place, our culture is a kingdom culture. And a kingdom culture is love. A kingdom culture is we only do what the Father tells us to do. So what is a kingdom? A kingdom is the will of God or the king being followed. It's, it's, the, it's the will of God. See, that, it's funny because people have a problem with that because they don't understand that a king just speaks and that's law now. That's the law now. So if the king says, today everybody will walk to work, it is now law. Guess what? You better not be caught on a bike. That's how a kingdom works. So when you 
do the will, is, anybody, is this clicking for anybody? When you start to do the will of the Father, you're producing kingdom culture. Because you are following the will of the Father. And the Father's in his kingdom, which we're a part of. You and me, we're now citizens of the kingdom of God. Jesus gave you something really important. He gave you your green card. I've said that before, right? I've said, uh, no, I'm just kidding. More than the green card, he gave you a citizenship. He gave you citizenship, not a green card, not residency, not a visa. He gave you citizenship to the kingdom of God. With citizenship comes what? Certain rights. Wait a minute. Why am I living in lack? Why am I, why is this so messed up in me? Why can't I sleep because of these dreams? Why do I keep having these nightmares? Why do I have anxiety? But whatever it is, you have the right as a citizen of the kingdom of God to say, not anymore. And sometimes that's an everyday thing. Sometimes that's a, in Jesus' name, I have peace. In Jesus' name. I believe it. I'm coming into, uh, into alignment. I believe this. Sometimes it takes you believing every day. Because sometimes, like that man that was talking to Jesus, he said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. He was honest. He's like, help my unbelief. I know I believe you, but sometimes I, I don't believe that good. Help my unbelief. All right. So we are kingdom-minded, a kingdom family, and the most powerful expression of any nation is its culture. The most powerful expression of any nation is their culture. How are you walking out of here today? And I've kind of said this a couple of different ways, you know, are you going to Longhorn today? You know, I'm going home, but I, you know, I'm just saying some people are going out, you know, whatever you do today, maybe it's more important to say when you go home today, remember that you are an ambassador, that the kingdom of God is with is in you. And if it, the culture, when you get home is not peace and love, Sometimes long-suffering. <clears throat> no, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but if the culture is not the culture of heaven, then what are we doing wrong? How can we get better? This morning, I'm here to tell you that the kingdom of God lives in you. You are an ambassador for the culture, to bring culture, the culture of heaven, wherever you go. You've been called to that. We saw it in Genesis. When God said, let them rule, give them kingdom. We saw that in the life of Jesus. The kingdom is near you, but when I go, it will be in you. Jesus preached the kingdom so that we would understand his government. Because in a kingdom, especially in God's kingdom, there's no lack. There's no lack. And that doesn't mean money. I know a lot of us immediately think money. And sometimes, I mean, for, for anyone who is lacking, amen, claim that. 
right? But then strive for it, work for it, right? I've talked about that as well, right? It's not just like, I claim it, you know, strive for it, work. But the kingdom of God is in you. So you should not have any lack. God, let, me, let me rephrase that. God does not want you to have any lack. God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, they don't want you to have any lack. Whether it's mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially, maybe it's uh, health-wise, God does not want you to have lack. When you are a citizen of his kingdom. Go ahead, stand to your feet. Um, as I get ready to close... I started kind of digging into a little bit of history, which I think, uh, you know, Brandon Perdue would, would, would kind of like. But uh, I never knew that Brazil was a kingdom. They used to be a kingdom. I never knew that. Like, it blew my mind. You know, I started doing some research. Uh, and I never knew that Brazil used to be a kingdom. Never knew that. I don't know if you knew that, Brandon, but I never knew that. They were colonized by Portugal. And then the king went back to Portugal and left his son, and his son declared, now a kingdom. <laughs> he took over. He's like, it's a kingdom. It's mine. But if his son ever went back to Portugal, he wouldn't be the king. He'd be the prince. God's idea is for us to start to reign now. Like what God wants us to do is to bring the culture of heaven down to earth. He wants us to colonize earth so that when the, when the king comes back, I don't know if you know this, but Jesus is coming back. When the kingdom, when, when the king comes back, he's coming to what? Rule. That's what my Bible says. He's coming to step in and rule. Why? Because he's expecting that the government's already laid. He's expecting that when he comes, the government has been laid. The footwork, the, the government, the kingdom, the culture. Now, there's going to be a lot of other crazy stuff going on too. But from his people, from, from those who are called by his name, he's expecting there to be a culture of heaven. So that when he comes to judge, when he comes to rule, he's just stepping in. God's big idea for Jesus was always to rule the earth. I don't know if you know that or not. Jesus is not staying in heaven. I don't know if you know that. I know some of you are like, wow, oh my gosh. Jesus is not staying in heaven. The book of Revelation is very clear. Jesus is coming back. And he's coming to rule on earth. You were not made for heaven. We will go there one day like a pit stop. We're going to make a pit stop in heaven. But we're coming back down to earth. The new earth. The Bible says that the old earth was rolled away and there was a new earth and a new heaven anybody with me anybody know the book of revelation new earth and a new heaven we will have a pit stop in heaven but make no mistake you were made for earth that's why god made adam where on earth why did he make him in heaven anybody ever thought of that why didn't god make adam in heaven because he was made for the earth to subdue it, to rule it like you are now. 
And again, that's not a power thing, that's authority thing. Rada, you are made to rule, Rada, rule through authority. The battle has already been won. You already won. If anybody is impatient and wants to skip to the end, guess what? You win. Jesus wins. We win. That's the gospel. You win. But live it out now. Live the kingdom of God out right now. Bring the culture of heaven out right now. In your life, at your work, wherever you go, wherever you're at. Remember, as soon as you step foot in those places, tell yourself this, the kingdom of God has arrived. It's funny because it's going to help you because it's, it's hard to be mad at people when you just said the kingdom of God has arrived. <laughs> it's really hard to be mad at people. Radah. So if you take nothing else this morning, I pray that you would receive the fact that you are an ambassador for the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is in you. You want to know what revival is? Remember I talked about kabod? Revival is you understanding that the kingdom of God is in you. And then the full manifestation and glory of God is in you. That's revival. Because when you understand who the Father is and what he has placed in you, you understand you can operate out of that. You understand you can operate out of that. I have the authority. And it's not through power, it's through relationship, it's through authority. Revival is coming to the realization of what the Father has placed in you already. That's why Jesus said, you will do even greater things than I have done. <laughs> you, what is he saying? What is Jesus saying? You will display the glory of God even more than I have already done. It is already in you. Why do you think Jesus said on the cross, it is what? Finished. It's finished. The glory of God is now in my people. <laughs> the glory of God is already now in my people. It is finished. The, the veil is torn. The direct phone line to heaven is here, the Holy Spirit. And I don't mean to offend, he's much more than that but your direct lifeline to Jesus, the Holy Spirit is now here. And the entire glory of God is now in you. That's why it is finished. That's why you can do greater things than Jesus did. I don't know about you, but I haven't raised anybody from the dead yet. I haven't raised anybody from the dead yet. But I believe Jesus said, I will do greater things. So I believe it. That's his idea for me. That's his plan for me. That's the will of the Father, that we would do greater things, that we would express his glory to the nations. So if nothing else this morning, I pray that you guys understand that you are ambassadors, that wherever you go, the kingdom of God goes. And wherever you step foot in, everything else has to come into alignment. What does that mean? The realization that the government of heaven has entered, that they are now in the embassy of the kingdom of God. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Oh, Father, we just thank you. Go ahead and bow your heads. Father, we thank you.
We love you. God, I ask that just something, Father, would ignite in their bellies. God, I ask that they would start to read the scriptures, that they would start to eat your word, that they would look at the Ma- Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that they would start to eat your word, that they would see what you preached, Jesus, that they would go back and study this, that they would look at what your word says about kingdom government, that they would look to see what it says about the Messiah, your son, Yeshua. God, I thank you. I thank you that you have given us this great privilege. We are your sons. We are your daughters. We have authority. And we thank you, God. Now, Father, I bless your people this morning. God, I ask in Jesus' mighty name that wherever they would be lack, that right now it would come into alignment with the kingdom of God, that right now, Father, you would reveal to them who you are. God, I ask that you would start to renew our minds, our thoughts, our understandings, that any misconceptions that have been buried in our minds from religion would be destroyed, that any misconceptions would be gone, and that you, Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, would renew our minds and our thoughts and our hearts. In Jesus' name, God, we thank you, Father. We love you. And we are grateful to be citizens of the kingdom of God this morning. We thank you that your kingdom is here, that your culture is here. And where you are, God, there's healing and there's power to heal, power to raise people from the dead. Oh, there's power, God, there's power. I thank you, Jesus. Right now, God, would you just touch your people? Would you give them a fresh understanding, a rhema word for them this morning, God? Would you just bless them, Lord, in Jesus' name? And God, as we go out and we get ready to give our tithes, our offerings, our first fruits, God, our hearts to you, Lord, would you just bless the offering this morning? We thank you for it. We thank you, God. We thank you, God, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen? Amen. Hey, hey, listen, I hope you guys got something out of that today. Um, we will have our prayer partners at the cross. Uh, if you'd like prayer, we'd love to pray for you. Our ushers will be by the doors if you'd like to give on your way out. Uh, there's a couple of different ways to give. Uh, you can give through your phone. You can give online through check. Uh, but we love you. We cannot wait to see Pastor DJ next week. God bless you guys, and I hope to see you next week. God bless you.